would like to give you a warm welcome here to Stevenson High Kirk in North Asia for our morning devotions. Well, while I'm on annual leave, online listeners will have some of our older sermon recordings uploaded today. Well, I pray that these messages will still bring refreshing to your heart and life. For those who are able to join us live at the High Kirk, our guest preacher is Reverend Andy Black. So please join us in person at 10.30 this morning. Well, in Psalm 34, verses 1 to 3, we read, I will extol the Lord at all times. His praise will always be on my lips. I will glorify in the Lord. Let the afflicted hear and rejoice. Glorify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. Therefore, glorify the Lord with me as we now worship together.
And so now let's unite our hearts as we pray together. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, how we thank you for your great love, the love of God in Christ, which continually draws us, pursues us and wins us back when we lose our way. And so open our eyes to the wonder of your great love this morning. And as we stretch out our hands to you, O oh, take us and lead us to the rock that is higher, the rock of ages, the rock of our salvation, the Lord Jesus Christ. And so, precious Saviour, O oh, may we get a glimpse of your beauty and radiance, your majesty and power, O oh, your loveliness and glory. O oh, that our hearts would be transported into the heavenlies, where we can join with the angels as they worship you, the Lamb upon the throne. O oh Lord, there is none like you. And as we enter the courts of your presence, Lord, touch our lips with the burning coals of mercy and forgiveness, burning away the dross of sin and shame, and sanctify and renew us, Lord. Fill us with your Spirit, Transform us more into the likeness of Christ, reflecting your love, your mercy, your grace. And so, Holy Spirit of promise, our hearts long to know your sweet influence, to know your unction from on high, especially in the place of prayer and praise and in our daily walk with you. Oh, please fill us now, empower us, Bring glory to Jesus in all things. And as we desire now to hear the very word of God, please open our ears, open our eyes, open our hearts, oh, that we would receive all that you have for us. And so, Lord, inhabit now the praises of your people as we worship and share in the Lord's prayer, praying together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Well, we now take our Bible reading in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 4, and there at verse 18 to 25. As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, called Peter, and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will make you fishers of men. At once they left their nets and followed him. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They were in a boat with their father Zebedee, preparing their nets. Jesus called them, and immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness among the people. News about him spread all over Syria, and people brought to him all who were ill with various diseases, those suffering severe pain, 
the demon-possessed, those having seizures, and the paralysed, and he healed them. Large crowds from Galilee, the Decapolis, Jerusalem, Judea, and the region across the Jordan followed him. Amen. May the Lord bless us the reading of his precious word. Well, we now turn to Matthew's Gospel, where we're considering this morning chapter 4, and there at verse 18, to the end of the chapter in verse 25. Well, we've already considered the first two chapters there, where Matthew, the Gospel writer, Matthew, the tax collector, Levi, as he presents to us the king himself. For Matthew, he believes with all his heart. Oh, you can tell through his gospel how passionate he is that he has seen the king. He has seen the king of glory. He has seen the king of Israel. And so for Matthew, he presents the king. He shows the genealogy, the royal line of Jesus and how Jesus fulfills not just the genealogy, but that he fulfills all the scriptures. He is the son of Abraham. He's the son of David, but he's also Emmanuel, God with us. He is the child who will be conceived of the virgin. He will be a son given. He will be a new Moses, a greater than Moses. He will be the last Adam. All that Adam had failed to do, the last Adam will come and will succeed. The champion that was promised to Eve there in the garden, that a champion will come. Despite our sins, despite sin coming in to the world, God had promised Eve that a champion will come and oh, he will be victorious over sin and death and the devil himself that the champion who will come, he will crush Satan. He will crush his head, but he will be bruised in the process. And so here, Matthew now, as he presents the king, we now see in chapter 3 and in chapter 4, how Jesus is now being prepared. We see the preparation of the king. In chapter 3, here's Jesus now anointed at the river Jordan. As Jesus identifies with sinners, as he identifies with you and me, he goes through the waters of baptism. Why? Because he is obeying his Father. He's fulfilling the Scriptures. He's fulfilling all righteousness. And here's Jesus, fully obedient to his Father. And his Father declares, Behold my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Later on in the Gospels, as the Father will declare again, Behold my beloved Son, he's going to also remind us and listen to him. Listen to him. There in Psalm 2, we see that beautiful scripture being fulfilled, don't we? In Psalm 2, where we're told, Behold the beloved Son, who's going to receive the inheritance of the nations. We're told to kiss him. Kiss the Son, lest he be angry. And so Matthew, as he presents the king, and as we see the preparation of the king, there at the river Jordan, as the father declares, Behold my beloved son, we're also encouraged to behold him, 
to kiss him, to hold on to him, to count him dear to our hearts and to receive him, to receive Christ our King. And so here's Jesus now being prepared, the preparation of the King. Now the Holy Spirit leads Jesus into the wilderness and he's now being tempted of Satan. But oh, when Adam and Eve were tempted of Satan in the garden, oh, they failed. But now as Jesus is tempted of Satan, he succeeds. He's victorious. Oh, and so here Matthew, oh, he rejoices in Christ. And there Jesus, we're told as he was tempted in the wilderness, he now comes out in the power of the Spirit. And he's about to begin his ministry. And as Jesus' mission, as the king's mission begins, there's almost a, a kind of, not so much a waiting, but we know that John's ministry must first be completed before Jesus begins his ministry officially. John the Baptist is the forerunner and he must decrease and then Christ will increase. And so no wonder now it's announced that John the Baptist has been imprisoned. And so Jesus now comes to Capernaum. And so as we now come into Matthew's Gospel in chapter 4 at verse 18, we now see the great royal proclamation. The king has come. Jesus is here. The promised one is here. And so you can feel the excitement in Matthew's Gospel He's here, he's here. Therefore, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The kingdom is now being ushered in. Now for Matthew, the kingdom of God, he understood from Jesus that it's not a physical kingdom. For Matthew, the kingdom of God meant the reign, the rule and the authority of Christ himself, the authority of God. And so Israel, yes, they were looking forward to their coming king. But you know, for many in Israel, they believed that a king would come like David, but he'll be a military king. He will end the Roman occupation and then the kingdom of God will be established. And so many were looking for that kingdom but Jesus reminds them, oh, my kingdom is not of this world. It's not that kind of kingdom. No. And so as Jesus gives that royal proclamation, we now notice that Matthew brings us to a radical invitation. I like that. As Jesus proclaims the presence of the kingdom... Now Matthew highlights the radical invitation of, of the king to pursue the kingdom. We're invited now to, therefore, since the kingdom is at hand, therefore pursue the kingdom. Seek after the kingdom of God with all your heart, with all your soul. Oh, seek first the kingdom and his righteousness and everything else will be added unto you. Oh, we're to know the, the pursuit of the kingdom. And so we receive 
that wonderful and such a radical invitation where Jesus says, follow me, follow me. Well, who are the recipients of the call? As Jesus calls, who are they? Well, we notice, yes, he calls the poor. He calls the weak. He calls those who are sick, those who are insignificant. He calls sinners to the kingdom. He invites those who feel as if they're nothing in the world. The unloved, the uncared for. Those who have been written off. Those who are contrite in spirit, who are broken. Those who, are, who feel as if they're fallen apart. Jesus invites them. He invites prostitutes. He invites the blind, the lame. He invites lepers, the lowly, those who have no wealth, rank or power. Christ invites the lowly, the despised of this world, you and me. The radical invitation of Christ comes to you and me. Oh, that we would pursue the kingdom and that we would follow him. Now, this is, as I mentioned, this is a radical invitation. Why do I call it a radical invitation? Because it's not an invitation just to come and walk with Jesus. It's not another walk along the beach. Notice that here, Peter, Andrew, James and John, they had already walked with Jesus. They had been with Jesus. They knew what it was to walk along the beach with him. Here, Peter, Andrew, James and John, yes, they had already spent time with Jesus. But after they had spent time with Jesus, they returned to their own business. They returned to their boats. They returned to fishing. But now here in chapter 4 of Matthew, Jesus calls them again. But this is a different kind of call. This is the call to discipleship, radical discipleship. He's asking them not just to come for a walk, Let's go for another wee chat and let's see th things happen. No, Jesus calls them to discipleship, to leave everything, to follow him. Well, I love how Matthew already has highlighted the idea of leaving. Remember how Satan left Jesus alone? We're told that Jesus left Nazareth, Andrew and Simon left their nets, and James and John left their boat. And so here we see these disciples, how they left all for Christ. This invitation would mean a radical change in their lives. They would leave everything, their old way of life, and they would follow Jesus into a newness of life, they would fully follow Christ. To be with him. Oh, 
here they are, now following Christ. Christ is everything. And so now they would become fishers of men. Jesus is now going to encourage them that they're now to persuade others to follow too. To compel others to come into the kingdom. Well, remember King David. There in Psalm 78 we read, He chose David his servant and took him from the sheep pens. From tending the sheep he brought him to be the shepherd of his people Jacob, of Israel his inheritance. And David shepherded them with integrity of heart. With skillful hands he led them. Isn't that lovely? When the Lord called David, he was a shepherd, but now he would shepherd people. And so here Jesus now, he calls these disciples, these fishermen, that they would now be fishers of people. Well, as we come to the close of chapter 4, Matthew now wants to draw our attention to a remarkable demonstration of the kingdom. Well, Matthew wants us to see not just the miracles of Christ and all the signs and wonders, and they're wonderful, but Matthew lifts our eyes higher that we would behold the powerful and the compassionate King. Yes, Jesus has all power, all authority over creation, over demons, over sickness, over death. But Jesus also has the authority to forgive sins. And he rejects no one who comes to him. Those who are desperate to know love and mercy and forgiveness, Jesus rejects none. All who come to him, he receives. Oh, our compassionate king, our powerful king. And that's what makes the kingdom so lovely. Yes, I love seeing miracles. I love seeing signs and wonders. But you know, oh, it's wonderful to see a soul forgiven, a soul cleansed of their sins, a soul that's gone from darkness to light, a soul that has come to know Christ as their saviour. Oh, a soul that has known salvation. That's the greatest miracle. That's the greatest miracle. And so Jesus, oh, it's wonderful to see a remarkable demonstration of the kingdom. And as we see hearts drawn to Christ and knowing, yes, miracles, but oh, knowing cleansing, knowing their broken hearts mended. I love what J.C. Ryle wrote he says, there is no broken heart that he cannot heal. There is no wound of conscience that he cannot cure. Fallen, crushed, bruised, plague-stricken, as we all are by sin, Jesus, by his blood and spirit, can make us whole. Only let us go to him. I like that. Oh. And so let me encourage you this morning. The king is here and if the king is here that means the kingdom is at hand the kingdom is here oh i believe the lord desires to touch your heart and life this morning those 
of you who feel so unloved, uncared for, those who feel broken and bruised and disappointed and discouraged. Oh, the Lord's here. And I believe he desires to touch your heart with mercy and grace. And since the Lord is here, and that his kingdom is here, and Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever, therefore will you respond to the kingdom? Will you come and follow Christ? Or will you come to him with your brokenness, with your sins, with all your mess? Or will you come to him? Will you leave it all behind and follow Christ? Will you hold on to Christ today? Oh, will you turn to him? For he can make you whole. The Lord desires, I believe, to grant a newness of life, a new beginning for us here today. And as you come to him, will you also go for him? That's the radical call of discipleship. It's not just coming to Jesus for forgiveness. It's not just coming to Christ for salvation. It's also going for him. It's being willing to go for him. Listen to Matthew in chapter 10 at verse 7 and 8. And as he go, preach, saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out devils. Freely you have received, freely give. And of course we know the Great Commission. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. And therefore... As we come to Christ this morning, oh, will you go for him? Will you compel and persuade others to come into the kingdom? Yes, love them into the kingdom, your family, your neighbours, your community, those who you know, who you've been praying for. Oh, love them into the kingdom. Compel them, persuade them. Pray them into the kingdom. Oh, so as we come to Christ this morning, our powerful and compassionate King, oh, may we be willing to leave all for him and also to go for him. And so can we pray together. Let's pray. Let us unite our hearts in prayer. Let us pray. God of hope and life, you have promised that one day there will be no more death and no more mourning. You have promised to wipe every tear from our eyes. You have said, I make all things new. And so we come to you and ask, please make all things new. In this past pandemic year, we've experienced how the old has crumbled away. We've learned how vulnerable we are, that we are not in control of everything, that we cannot solve all problems with our material and technological capabilities. You have said, I make all things new, and so we come to you and ask, please make all things new. We long to be comforted, we long for wounds to heal, we long for something new to open up. You have said, I make all things new, and so we come to you and ask, please make all things new. We pray for those who are lonely and sad, for those who are disappointed and desperate, 
We pray for those who know pain and loss and for those who are in mourning. We pray for those who long for hope, truth and love and who are searching for you with all their hearts. You have said, I make all things new. And so we come to you and ask, please make all things new. Thank you for your words of promise and assurance. Strengthen us and in the peace and tranquility of our homes, may we hear your voice and experience your comfort. Keep our eyes fixed upon Jesus. We trust in you, O God. Create something new in the midst of the impossible. We rely on you, O God, to give us strength when we need it. We trust in you for time and eternity. We are blessed knowing that you are with us. For you have said, I make all things new. And so we come to you and ask, please make all things new. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen.
So may grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, be with you now and forevermore.